welcome to Happy Hour on the Fringe. Fringe Arts is Philadelphia's premier presenter of contemporary performing arts. I'm Tanara. I am the audience engagement coordinator at Fringe Arts. I invite you to pour one up and enjoy our conversations with some of the most imaginative people on this plane of existence. Here at Fringe Arts, we're getting ready for the Fringe Festival. Fringe Festival 2019, it is here. Tickets for curated and independent shows are on sale now, so you can go to www.fringearts.com to grab your tickets and download the Fringe Arts app to start planning your festival schedule. But today, I'm chatting with two of the Fringe Arts Ambassadors. Fringe Arts Ambassadors are culturally curious people from all over the city who connect our work with communities who might not have heard of us before. If you're interested in learning more about the program and about what it is to be an ambassador, you can always email me at tanara at fringearts.com. That's T-E-N-A-R-A at fringearts.com. So pour one up and join us. Hey everyone, my name is Josh Friedman, local Philadelphia resident. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ambassador to Fringe Arts. Absolutely. Our first question that we always ask in the podcast is, it's Happy Hour on the Fringe is the name of the podcast, so mm-hmm. what are you drinking, Josh? Uh, today I'm drinking <laughs> a delicious old-fashioned made by... James, the bartender at Le Peg. Oh, thank you so much, James. Yeah, sincere thank you to James. Cheers. Yeah, and I'm drinking an indiscriminate white wine. Okay. I didn't tell him what kind of white wine I wanted. I was just like, may I have a white wine? And he was like, no questions asked. Here you go. How's it taste? It tastes really good. It's very fruity. Oh. Do you think that means it's a Chardonnay or something? Because dry wines and fruity, those are like two separate things. Mm -hmm. Can you have a dry, fruity wine? Um, yes. You can. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I actually have no clue about wines. Okay, so Josh, tell us, is this your first year in Philadelphia during the Fringe Festival? It isn't. Okay. My last year, when I, for the Fringe Arts uh, Festival, I only went to one show, though. Wow. I know. Which show? Um, It was up in Kensington. I forget the name of it. Basically, they took us around... Kensington Street Play. Kensington Street Play. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know if our our listeners are familiar with that show, but basically, we were paired up with different uh, performers who went around and showed us different murals all over, the, uh, all over the neighborhood, and at each mural or each location, they would offer like a little monologue. In between those little places while we're walking around, you have the opportunity to like talk about the neighborhood with the performers who are actually residents of Kensington. Yeah, that was by Mike Durkin and his company, The Renegade Company. He is an amazing, amazing, amazing theater maker in Philadelphia. And like if we talk about participatory work with, you know, however we define non-professional performers, which is I don't love that category, but like people who don't spend most of their time in the arts, he offers really, really effective and, like, ethical models of how to do that. So I don't believe that he has a show in the Fringe Festival this year, but anytime he does, like, we should all go see his work. He's amazing. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. It was so great. Yeah. (laughs) But now you're here. This is your first Fringe Festival as an ambassador. That's true. Oh, my gosh. I am thrilled. (laughs) (laughs) I am, like, every time I get the guide and when I'm, like, first going through it, I have to, like, 
literally calm myself down and be like, you will not see every show. It's had, impossible. I had to remind myself of that. Yeah. It was literally, also I was like looking at it like on a PDF. Mm-hmm. So I was literally like scrolling through being like, okay, this one is at this venue in this part of the city. Can I make it? Yeah. And I had to, you know, make You have to let prices. it go a little bit. Yeah. You really have to be. Yeah. They're all so wonderful. I know. So before we like get into your recommendations, what kind of work do you really like? Like what kind of live performance experiences do you love the most? That is a tough question. It is a tough question. I did really appreciate the participatory aspect of um, that last performance. I look for, like, really um, really good storytelling mm-hmm. in, in performance. I'm a musician, so I love music. Being able to add other elements of arts outside of just theater are things that I get really excited about. Mm-hmm. And being able to, like... An element of surprise is always kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not necessarily knowing exactly what I'm getting myself into. Mm. That's really brave of you. I feel like most audiences don't love that. Yeah, but I'm a brave person. You are a brave person. I'm Aquarius, you know. That's right. We're both Aquarii. (laughs) Yes. Thank you for the reminder. I was about to say that's something that, like, I share with you is that I actually really like going into a show without knowing a lot about it. Oh. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Would you look at that? (laughs) Maybe it's because I do spend a lot of my time in the arts that, like, the more I hear about the show, I feel like my work brain turns on and I start, like, thinking about it as an arts administrator more than just as, like, an audience member that's there for the experience. So it's actually great if somebody's like, oh, this show's great, you gotta go see it, and then they don't tell me anything about it. That's primo for me. Yeah. I like to know general themes, Mm, you know? mm, mm. But don't give me, like, what's gonna happen, Absolutely. I, um, yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you about these shows happening this year. I think, um, generally when I was looking through the, the, like, guide of what's happening this year, a lot of the work is really moving, you know? Yeah. I I really liked the range of, uh, in terms of, like, accessibility for, like, adults versus kids. I felt Mm -hmm. like there was, that was, like, something that people were thinking about. Yeah, and the fact that it was, like, all over the city. Like, I had no idea that these shows were so, um geographically diverse as well yeah that's one of my favorite things about september in philadelphia is that we've used language at fringe arts for a long time about like the city explodes with art because it really does feel like a combustion in a way where just like all of a sudden something that took up just like a little bit of space now takes up all the space yeah totally i live in south philly as you know yes i do so i don't always make it all the way up to our beautiful facility here at Fringe Arts, <laughs> all two miles away. <laughs> so I was so thrilled to see that there was shows happening even closer to me. Amazing. Okay, so let's, get, let's talk about it. What are the shows that you're, like, really excited about that are in your South Philly neighborhood? Well, okay, so I highlighted one show in particular, um, which is called I Know It Was the Blood, The Totally True Adventures of a Newfangled Black Woman. Oh, um, nice. I don't know a ton about it. Okay. What I can say is that this artist and this show was is one of our FestiFund winners. Oh, okay. So the FestiFund was an independent fund that 
stakeholders and other artists and fans and patrons donated to as a way of helping provide more resources to our independent artists. And artists who had a show in the Fringe Festival got to apply for the money. And then an independent review panel that actually featured some Fringe Arts ambassadors, which is great, they adjudicated the applications. And so this is one of those winners. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like I was doing a little bit of um, research on mm-hmm. it when I saw that it was in the in the guide. She is from the South, and basically the the things that really drew me to this show were that she wanted to like tell a story about living in North Carolina, mm-hmm. about like navigating and like growing up as an African American woman and her experiences. And that sh- this is like her debut in Philly, her premiere in Philly. Mm. So I was like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> Want to show up? Yeah. What is it about what that is... that you were like really drawn to? Well, let me find what the what the blurb was. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what drew my eye in first. Okay, so the blurb says, in this award-winning sojourn embracing Southern roots, gospel rhythms, and queer identity... One family's love conquers all. A scrappy Jersey girl finds the courage to live authentically in this soul-rich performance of storytelling, theater, song, and poetry. Oh my gosh. There's a number of words there that I'm like, that's a Josh buzzword. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I was definitely really interested in what uh, she meant by embracing her Southern roots and uh, queer identity Mm -hmm. um, and like the intersection between that and gospel rhythms and mm-hmm. music was sounds it sounded like right up my alley. Yeah, it was it was like combining like I said earlier, it was like combining the theater elements of storytelling, also including song and poetry mm-hmm. and telling a story that I feel like like needs to be highlighted and prioritized in our in our moment. <laughs> oh yeah, in our moment. So wait, where where is the show taking place? It's happening at the whole shebang on 1813 South 11th Street. Cool. So it's like just like south of Pass- East Passyunk. And then what are the dates? September 20th at 7.30, September 21st at 3 p.m. and 7.30, <laughs> September 22nd at 3. So it's an it's end of the festival show. Yes. Great. That sounds really good. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. It looked like she has been like kind of like touring in New York and in Chicago. So I'm that like awesome. really... Excited to welcome her to our city. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Every every artist deserves an audience member like you in their in their little space. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's next? What's the next show that you were interested in? Okay. So the next one I was looking at, uh, La uh, Bolivianita. Okay. I'm trying to. La Bolivianita. Is it theater? Is it dance? It's, it's dance. Ooh. Yeah. Let me flip to a different section in the guide. Yep, La Bolivianita. This is an autobiographical one-woman performance work by Passione Arte Artistic Director Elba Hevia Ivaca, um, and explores her story as a Bolivian immigrant and mother. Uh, La Bolivianita delves into her almost lifelong journey with flamenco and how that has continued to evolve as she ages. The piece will culminate in an interactive dialogue with the audience. Directed by world-renowned flamenco artist, Belen Maya. Okay, so many buzzwords once again. Yeah, so let's break that down a little yeah. bit. <laughs> um, first of all, an autobiographical piece. You love those. 
and also by it's a dance autobiographical dance piece oh my gosh like i don't even necessarily know what that looks like because i'm not super familiar with dance but the idea of someone directing and creating a story about themselves through dance and through their body love it (laughs) love it and this is someone who has been like working in philly for a really long time her studio is a um, flamenco dance studio up in North Philly. Um, so it's happening, I believe, at, at their studio. I don't know where Exuberance is. Uh, North Masher Street. 1220 North Masher Street. Yeah, so up north. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, this is like a world-renowned flamenco artist who like lives in Philadelphia. She was born and raised in Bolivia and has been dancing since she was five. So I'm I'm definitely curious to understand how how dance for her has evolved through her experiences as a youth and teenager up to now adulthood mm-hmm. and and like also the experience of like dancing in Bolivia versus like coming as an immigrant to Philadelphia yeah. and what that experiences were were like for her. This sort of like touches on something we were talking about before we started recording, but I feel like particularly artists who are seeking to share their immigrant stories, like I just feel like a lot of respect for that choice in this moment. It feels very risky and also very courageous. It's energizing to see that in our guides so so yeah. frequently. I'm also like interested in understanding how that um how that like process of creating it look like for her you know yeah yeah i'm wondering if that's what the like interactive dialogue is going to be like at the end of the performance yeah what are the dates the dates are september 19th through the 21st at 7 30 september 22nd at 6 30 so these are at the same at the end of the you're gonna stack your weekend yeah yeah i'm about to get super busy that that weekend (laughs) (laughs) welcome to my whole month (laughs) yeah well you're so lucky i know i know it really is a privilege I'm so excited for Fringe Festival season. Okay, (laughs) give us your last one. This one is called And Tell Sad Stories of the Deaths of Queens. Oh, yeah. That's Egopo. You know about Egopo? Oh, that's interesting. They're performing, this piece is being performed at Asian Arts Initiative, but every time I've come to see Egopo, they are at the Latvian Society Theater. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've like known a lot of people who have worked with Egopo before, a lot of people who I really respect, and I've seen, I've actually only seen one show there before, but it was a show that was like so dynamic and so interesting, and yeah, there were so many things about it that like really took me aghast or like aback, and Mm. yeah, I had a good time. But so tell us a little bit more about this show. So this is a Tennessee Williams play that was actually written in 1957. Um, The piece was never produced in Williams' lifetime. It's the only piece that explicitly has queer characters. His only piece that actually, wow. Yeah, Yeah, which is so interesting as a, you know, because he was a queer um, playwright. And so much of the dramatic tension in all of his plays is like these unspoken queer relationships. Exactly. Yeah. I've never seen this show before, and I, I love the idea of, like, resurfacing, I guess, mm-hmm. and highlighting pieces from our history. Mm-hmm. So when I was, like, doing research about it, I, what, one of the things I thought was, was really interesting was the fact about this story centers a drag queen. Her experiences of getting older in the scene and, like, also being, like, a mentor for two, like, younger gay boys who she, like, rent or, like, he rents to them, like, upstairs. Oh, like a, like, living space. Yeah, so the, the play is, like, in, like, one 
room, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, and Candy Delaney is the name of the queen. She, like, gets broken up with and starts stressing out about what it means to be 35. And, you know, I think that age is a really interesting theme that I um, am starting to think about. Oh, man. I wonder why that might be. I don't know. I don't know. Wow. Okay. So when is and tell the tell sad stories of the death of queens performing? They are performing earlier in the month, September fifth through the eighth at nice. various times at Asian Arts Initiative. At That's Asian great. Arts Initiative Studio B, nice. twelve nineteen Vine Street. That's awesome. Great. So you've got your beginning of the festival planned, and you've got your end of the festival planned. Mm -hmm. That's great. I'm open to suggestions. Great. So I've got a couple for you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. um, I'm here for you. Um, One great thing that you can do in the middle of your festival is a show called Emergency Contact. Okay. It is starts at the Good Karma Cafe. It's performing September 8th through 11th, 15th through the 18th. And then again on September 22nd. So it's sort of like spread out throughout the festival. So essentially it's one person show and a one person audience. And you are given headphones and you follow the actor through the street. So you like start at the Good Karma Cafe at the Wilma Theater on Broad Street. And then the bio says headphones on, follow along. Jenny has been summoned and you agreed to help. Retrace her steps and listen to her final dispatch to discover how we break the cycle. Emergency contact is an immersive traveling experience for a solo audience member. Mm, I actually did see this one. You did, yeah. Yeah, I was I was thinking about it. I thought it might be so funny to I was imagining like people outside of the performance like watching these people on the street yeah it's like this one person following with headphones and then but I imagine that it won't look strange to a passerby because it's like one person walking and then another person who has headphones walking behind them like it's not like they're connected by a rope or anything (laughs) you're right (laughs) I just thought it might be really silly (laughs) it just makes me think that there's actually like a lot I mean, this for sure. This is an example of like participatory mobile art mm-hmm. that is like on a much smaller scale in comparison to one of the shows that we're doing in the curated section of the French Festival, which is called Umbal, where it's like many mm-hmm. Philadelphia residents, 50 plus Philadelphia residents that are dancing in the streets of South Philly and the audience follows them along. So this is like two very... Yeah extreme poles on that end but that's like I mean I wonder if it's this particular moment that has artists really like thinking about that and and excited to present that to an audience or what but I'm super excited for emergency contact I feel like um wearing headphones Mm. just as like an experience when you're like navigating through public spaces like kind of pulls you out of it like makes Mm. you just like really into it so I'm like interested how audience members are going to feel like just like solely focused on this one person but also being in public like yeah. how do you hold those two things a little bit yeah oh that's really cool um and i'm excited to it feels exclusive you yeah know? one person i mean i hope they pick me <laughs> <laughs> i know we should Folks should get their tickets for that quick because if it's a one-person audience, those are likely to sell out fast. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Like, how do you... Um... It's 45 minutes long. I And I see, like, I see offerings by the hour, but, yeah. So they have, like, two hourly things each day. So they have 
for several of the days, they have performances on the hour for four hours. Wow. And then on September 22nd, they have performances on the hour for three hours. Is there only one person in the cast? Yeah, it's a one-person show with a one-person audience member. Can you imagine being that, <laughs> that like, performer? That's going to be super intimate. Yeah, super intimate. Cool. Well, thanks, Josh, for going on this Fringe Festival Guide journey. Oh, no problem. I was so thrilled that you asked me to participate, you know? I feel so honored. Aw. Now, for the listeners at home, do you want to, like, really quickly mention in your own words what the ambassador program is and, and what you do? Yeah. Basically, as an ambassador, what I do is I recommend shows to folks in my community that may not be familiar with Fringe or find the costs of getting to shows inaccessible and offer free tickets to people. So I show up to monthly meetings where we talk about what's happening at Fringe and we go over different shows and different strategies for bringing new people into these performances. And then I go out to my networks and I reach out to people that I think might be interested and I think what's been really positive for me is being able to, one, I've, I've been exposed to a ton of different shows that I wasn't like I would not have been able to like see, and also I've been able to bring folks who I know cost has been a barrier for to like a bunch of really amazing performances. Yeah, last last month we went to see more Mother show. You know that was a really really incredible show where. It was like kind of playing on like themes of Afrofuturism and the whole like the whole performance was like set in this like futuristic world where basically companies are totally controlling everything. It's like impossible to rent anything. And like, I guess thinking about themes of like reclaiming space. Talking to ambassadors always reminds me that I'm like very lucky to do what I do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Cool. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Hey there, I know you're in the middle of happy hour, but I just need a moment of your time. My name is Stephanie, the podcasting intern for Fringe Arts. This year, Fringe Arts is partnering with local bookseller Headhouse Books to present a pop-up Fringe Festival bookstore. Head down to Cherry Street Pier, Philadelphia's newest, most arts-friendly waterfront park, to browse books and publications by and about artists in the 2019 Fringe Festival. This is your chance to delve deeper into the curated Fringe Festival shows. During the festival, join us at Cherry Street Pier for a series of intimate conversations and live podcast recordings with the artists and community partners behind the shows. See? I told you it only take a moment. Now let's get back to our happy hour on the Fringe interview. Just a lonely cowboy on his way home. Misha's a fringe arts ambassador. <laughs> <laughs> and full disclosure, Misha and I used to work together yeah. at a preschool. Wrangling young children. Wrangling the youngins. Yeah. Um, and I pulled Misha into the fringe arts ambassador program that I manage because I know that she is, she absolutely fits the description in that she's a culturally curious person. <laughs> I'm culturally curious, yeah. curious in nature, curious about lots of things. And you also are somebody who is connected to lots and lots of different communities. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, I guess, I, yeah, 
I really like doing this this whole thing because I get to access to amazing shows, mm-hmm. but also I get to talk to people that have never even been to a performance. I brought a friend that had never been to a fringe arts performance or even a theater performance before. Wow. And they were just like, wow, thank you so much for that. I'm going to pay attention to these kinds of things. Let me know about other Which show shows. is it? Um, yeah, I took him to go see A Hard Time. You took somebody who had never seen a theatrical performance to A Hard Time? I mean, if you're going to do something, you better, better do it jump right. all in. Do it right. Get a little <laughs> uncomfortable. Which there were moments where he was just like, what? what is this? But at the end and how powerful of an ending yeah. that was, he was just like, I loved that. That was awesome. Wow. When you really start with a hard time, you probably just, like, won't have the patience for the Jungle Book on Broadway. (laughs) Come on. Mowgli's still got this. You got it. Come on. Okay. So, Mish, how long have you lived in Philly? Ten years. Ten whole years. You are somebody who could probably speak from both an outsider's perspective because, like, you didn't grow up in Philly, but also from somebody who feels very, like, in it. Because it's been your home for the past decade. Mm -hmm. So can you tell me why you feel Philadelphia is such a primed city for contemporary performance? Or for art in general? For art, art. yeah. Well, I did grow up in a rural community. So, like, the juxtaposition of my experience, you know. But, like, Philly is amazing because... There's a lot of different types of people here mm-hmm. that are engaged in lots of different types of work. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of great communities and also different, like, if I always think about Philly um, from the outside and you kind of look out, you know, bird's eye view into Philly and you see all these, like, connection points, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like Philly's like a small, big town. Yeah. Big, big city, small town vibe. Yeah. Because you know everybody. And you're like, with art, there's, like, amazing galleries um in lots of different pockets there's different performances happening sometimes i walk into a coffee shop and there's some like it's an open mic night or something yes. and a lot of like um comedians are like trying out new material i'm like okay yeah i'll stay here for that yeah i see like some like there's a lot of like different things happening that you kind of walk into have you ever seen those guys that they they walk around the city and they drum and they just do it's like a, i think it's like an anti-gun violence thing or like like trying to stop violence like that's their message or whatever mm-hmm. but it's just these like three guys that they have like banners on their shoulders that like say their message and they just it like drum line through the streets of like that's awesome have, you don't know no I actually never seen that but but stuff like that yeah. I like, feel like I round a corner and I'm like drummers <laughs> oh wow <laughs> jazz guy outside Rally Terminal Market exactly exactly <laughs> yeah and there's like you know like first Friday events are really really well attended and yeah. people want it. You know, we're all interested in that. And I also think Philly has a a, a large amount of artists. Yeah. Because it's like... It's because it's cheaper to live here than New York. Yeah, you can buy property here. (laughs) Mish knows. I own a house. What? On a preschool salary. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so so let's just dive right in. Mm -hmm. Let's just talk about the shows that we're excited to see. Also, I realized we forgot the most pivotal question, Mm. which is what are we drinking tonight? Ooh. Well, I'm almost done with this. Yeah, same. Um, gin and tonic. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually walked into this room, and it was waiting for me, which was... Service. 
at its best because so I've was, never had that happen to me before. Fringe Arts provides service. Walk into a room with no windows and there's a gin and tonic waiting for you. <laughs> Thank you to Rachel Robinson, the <laughs> development director here at Fringe Arts, who's letting us use her office Thanks, for Ra- recording. Yeah. Thank you, Rachel. My name's Mish Robinson. Maybe you guys are related. I doubt it. Okay. So <laughs> here's the link up. The reason why I want to talk about this show, or the reason I thought to bring it up with you, is because I am somebody who, I don't like often seek out the fine arts, and and by that I mean the visual arts. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of the time, I'm always going to performances. Uh, You are somebody who oftentimes goes to like visual art shows. You took me to a visual art show called Got It For Cheap, where there was just Ah, like six yeah. foot long like seven six foot long tables just spread out in a warehouse and there were prints all over the tables and each of them just cost thirty dollars yeah in an effort to disrupt this hierarchy of who has the capital to buy art and it was like listen you got it for cheap everything's thirty dollars the the artists are making it for this event like let's just do it let's mm-hmm. and it was so fun and I got two prints out of it and I love them so much and they're hanging up in my yeah. home and the reason why I'm thinking about that is because I want to tell you about a visual arts companion piece to one of our curated friend shows so one of our curated shows in the festival this year is called Cartography by Kineza Shaw and Christopher Myers um, who by the way is the son of Walter Dean Myers I don't know who that is. <laughs> But he sounds important. Walter Dean Myers, like, when I was in middle school, wrote all of the books that we, like, had to read. Like, Monster. That's the only one I remember. (laughs) All I remember is Jack London. Certainly, I don't think that that was, that's not in the book list that I'm thinking of. Is that even an author? I don't know. (laughs) But Walter Dean Myers, he, like, write, he wrote, like, a lot of young adult novels, like, uh, particularly speaking to the black boy experience. Mm -hmm. Christopher Myers is his son and illustrated a lot of the books that he wrote. And so he and Kinesa Shaw, Christopher Myers and Kinesa Shaw, collaborated on this show called Cartography, which is five young immigrants um, sharing their uh, migrant experiences. Mm -hmm. And the really cool part of it is that it is interactive in a way that... It invites everybody in the room, particularly Americans who are not native Mm -hmm. indigenous people, to think a little bit about their migrant journeys. And, you know, for some of us, the migrant journeys were like, we came on the Mayflower. (laughs) And others of us, they were like, we actually can't go that far back because we do not know Mm -hmm. where we come from. We were stolen to arrive here. Yeah, and so it's really interesting because it sort of reframes the narrative of this country Mm -hmm. um, in one that is like really rooted in a lot of migrant trauma. Mm -hmm. But it's also like an exciting thing to be able to look. There's There's a really exciting portion where there's a map and you get to just watch in real time as the audience plugs in where like where their migrant journeys and their ancestry come from and so in live time you see all the different places like how global and connected our world is through some pretty harsh realities and and otherwise so that's the piece that's the curated show but the companion piece that I want to talk about is actually also a independent digital fringe piece it's called suspended lives or uh, vidas suspendidas and it's by puentes de salud which is a health center and community center in south philly that is serving mostly undocumented immigrants and it looks at 
Holistic Community Health. We partnered with them on a show that you actually saw. Yeah, with Palante. Yeah, which was the first person yeah. arts festival show. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, there was those terrariums or dioramas. Dioramas, that's a good um, word for it. Of children, but it was with kids. And yeah. They, yeah, and so they did um, the dioramas of of their own migrant experiences yeah. uh, accompanied with headphones with their own story, their voices telling the Yeah, story so you would, well. like, listen to their yeah. stories while you would watch, like, you would sort of follow along in this, like, 3D diorama kind of storytelling. Mm-hmm. So this is a very similar format. It is still immigrant artists that are creating pieces that are representative of their stories, and also you're invited to scan a QR code that takes you to the Digital Fringe site where you can listen to those stories in real time. The difference is these artists are much older. They're all like mid-20s to like Mm -hmm. late 30s, I would say. They make life-sized self-portrait sculptures. And there's a lot of pushing on the iconography and the cultural utility of pinatas. It's Mm. super freaking cool. And so they are going to be stationed at Cherry Street Pier outside the Fringe Festival bookstore throughout the entirety of the festival. One of them is also going to be at the Fringe Arts box office here. And then another one is going to be at Christchurch Neighborhood House, which is where cartography is performing. They are amazing. And I really highly encourage everyone to like plot the path from Christchurch Neighborhood House down Ray Street to, you know, Fringe Arts Box Office and then, like, down to the Cherry Street Pier where the Fringe Festival bookstore is. Mm-hmm. And you can look at each one of them. The majority of them will be at Cherry Street Pier. Yeah. Um, but they're just incredible pieces. And they are artists who are connected through an incredible organization. It's just, like, it for me, Puente de Salud is such a integral part of our community and I'm so happy that they exist because they are truly doing the Lord's work. It's amazing. Yeah, I'm really excited to yeah. see it. And it's a nice walk. Everyone do. Go around. Have a breezy walk in the old city. Yeah. What are you excited yeah. to see? I kind of lean towards when looking through a book of lots of things to, to choose from, I kind of lean towards comedy and improv. Because we all need to laugh. Yeah, I know. I always do. Um, but there's this um, one show called Prestige Drama at Good Good Comedy. Cool. That I really am looking forward to because it has a lot of buzzwords. <laughs> like betrayal, sex, drugs, murder, hot dogs, karaoke. Ooh. Muscle milk. I'm not really into muscle milk. But I'm really into hot dogs and karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah but also they like it just like has a lot of buzz things too like breaking bad true detective mad men i'm yeah. curious to see what it's all about and i think it'll be really good and also funny yeah um, good good comedy they were our partners for the blue heaven comedy yes. festival and i remember sitting with you watching one of good good comedy's like i think their weekly sketch groups how to start a cult Oh, yeah. And we were cackling. <laughs> yes. No, they're great. And then they had they had my one of my favorite stand up comedians now, uh, Whitmer Thomas. Yeah, they brought and, Whitmer Thomas to Philly, and then yeah. we brought him for the Blue Heaven Fringe Festival. Yeah. Yeah. I really. Yeah. Anyway, um, also um, in that same realm, uh, the Riot and Rittenhouse, a Philly sketch comedy show. Mm. I have a soft spot in my heart for sketch comedy. It can. Yeah. It's all about Philly. The image is enticing. It's, you know, it's, it's a Can pretzel. you describe the image? Yeah. It's a very bustly pretzel. It's a pretty sexy pretzel. With a Burt Reynolds mustache. Is that because Philly is known for its pretzels? 
I guess so. I mean, we have but I also, company. I also love that they wrote, just get down here before the theaters turned into luxury condos. <laughs> which is hilarious because it's true. Yeah. We just closed the hospital. <laughs> yeah, we did. turned it into a luxury condo. We did okay? just so, do that. Hmm, there's a lot of stuff happening. we got to look at our choices so, here. And I also love the turn to comedy as a coping mechanism. Yeah. You know? So, like, we're that's just going to That's very you, that. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I really, that's what I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I did notice that you guys have, or there is the KYLD dancers, the Kung Ling. Kung Ying Lin dancers, yeah. yeah. And they actually did some performances at my school, at the preschool, which... Did they didn't come when you were teaching with I us. Know, I'm so unfortunately. But um we had a a parent suggest it and the kids love them and they're mesmerizing. Yeah. They're amazing dancers. Yeah, so I'll definitely be looking forward to that, but they also are coming on Thursday. So to your preschool? I get, yeah. Well so speaking of preschools, let me let me one. shout out a show that actually not only is it one of our family-friendly performances. So, I don't know if you knew about this, um, Mish, but there was something this year called the Festa Fund. And the Festa Fund was a way of connecting independent artists to additional resources to help them mm-hmm. put their shows together. And so we partnered with Culture Works Philadelphia in order to uh, pull it off. And basically people, like the community of Philadelphia donated to this Festa Fund. And then a number of independent shows applied to receive funding for it. And only a couple of them won. And mm-hmm. so then the pool is just split evenly and sent to those shows. And we're actually fundraising throughout the festival because that, that like check won't go out until the end of the festival so there is still time to be able I just think that models of fundraising in that way are super amazing because Mm -hmm. they like make it really accessible for other people to be quote unquote like donors and patrons of the art you know like literal patrons is an my financial contribution is making this possible and like truly no financial contribution is too small because it's all going into this pool that then is split evenly and it's just like really really nice so we are still fundraising for that and one of the shows that has won uh, the Festa Fund is a show called Billy the Badly Behaving Bully Goat. Aww. Yeah. Uh, so the the copy says Billy's parents and teachers are at their wits' end. <laughs> they cannot stop this bully goat from picking on kids in his class. So I think it's like really interesting that it's actually the the introduction to the story is through the adults in this kid's life being like, how do we get this kid, to, this literal <laughs> kid, like a goat? Mm, funny. <laughs> How do we get this kid to stop bullying? Because I think it also, I mean, I haven't seen it. I can't wait to see it. But I'm i am curious because it sort of, um, it implicates a community as like, we have to think a little bit more strategically about how bullying works and how there's a cycle of harm and there's a cycle mm-hmm. of trauma and how somebody who is behaving like a bully has a lot of trauma most likely or is like moving through the world without having like fully deconstructing what's going on inside. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm really curious on how they're gonna meet him where he's at yeah meet him where he's at nice totally and it's a musical and it's a musical i bet there's there's probably some really heartwarming songs yeah so i'm just saying for all the parents who are listening fringe arts has a lot of uh, family-friendly programming and Mm -hmm. i'm so excited that one of the independent shows that fits that category won part of the fest fund yes yeah it's amazing what, so tell me more about what you're excited yeah, about. Yeah, there's this, um, this one, um, uh, the digital, the digital web. The oh, yeah, the web. digital fringe. Yeah, yeah the, the Grasslands Without Time. 
it's a podcast with photography exploring digital nature Ooh, through cool. like surrealist fiction and like lots of like I bet like really cool trippy images of the nature and the world and I'm really excited yeah that. like dark sort of a dark crystal vibe yeah. is the sense that I'm getting and yeah. it's it's stories and soundscapes no I know That's I love amazing. soundscapes yeah so I'm also kind of put those on when I'm like cooking yeah, dinner. <laughs> absolutely. The other digital fringe show that I'm really excited about is called Dear Friend Society, which is like looking to spread more positive energy. If you're in search of a little pick me up, which I'm always looking. For I know. I'm like, bring it on over here. I need all ten of them. Um. Yeah. Positive energy. Yes. Give please. it to me. <laughs> um. But also, there's this one show, or it's in the dance area. Yeah. Um, it's in the, but it's called Sneakers. And it's at the Theater Exile. I'm kind of really looking forward to that because, I don't know, it says unassuming humor. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, well, tell us more about what we might be able to expect. Yeah, so it talks about, like, the people that come into your life um, and the way they enter it in a new way when they leave. Um, Interesting. And it's by Nicole Canuso. Canuso. Nicole yeah. Canuso is an amazing dancer in the city. She actually was the choreographer for A Fierce Kind of Love, which was one of our... I loved that. Yeah, so it actually doesn't surprise yeah. me that you're drawn to her show because I know yeah. how much you loved A Fierce Kind of Love. Mm-hmm. She's, yeah, she's an incredible dancer. She's an incredible maker in this city. I'm really glad that she's in our festival. Yeah. Yeah. Those are kind of my top my top guys that I'm really yeah. looking forward to. There's another Festifun winner that is in the dance category. It's called Close to Home. It's by the Leah Stein Dance Company. I actually know somebody who's oh, in it. I'm like, okay. feel very starstruck. It's an intimate performance project with 11 dancers in response to the paintings of Edith Ness, who's a Philadelphia-based painter. And her subjects included family, Philadelphia public spaces, and the mythological allegory, which Mm -hmm. is amazing. So I think that, like, we've sort of hit on a couple shows that are really deeply connected to Philly, specifically, Mm -hmm. which doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, I think that it's such a city that is responsive and making art based on the, the lives of the people that are living here, and it's like... I, I so appreciate that Philadelphia is such a character in all the shows in which yeah. it's set, you know? No, totally. It's kind of funny that we picked all the, the I know. Philadelphia. Again, it doesn't surprise no, me. No, that's, yeah, that's cool. I'm really excited about this. I'm so excited. Yeah. And, and part of being an ambassador, too, is to be able to, like, open people's worlds up a little bit more who have never experienced these yeah. kinds of performances and also I have like some plans to, <laughs> you know to, to like you know just talk to the people that um make it you know like let's let's go see a show that you've never experienced before you know like yeah last week when I was having this same podcast conversation with another one of our ambassadors Josh Friedman oh, yeah um we talked about our preferences in terms of like how we go see performances mm-hmm. and Josh is a pretty adventurous person and likes to go to shows knowing some of the buzzwords but not a whole lot of information and so I'm wondering about you how you most like to engage with new work and work that's unfamiliar for you are you somebody that like goes on the website and looks at all all of the stuff that's available for audiences mm, to check yeah. out. 
Honestly, I use word of mouth most of oh, most cool. of the time because I mean I have been in the city for ten years and so I know lots of different types of people and different backgrounds. So if someone's gonna reach out to me and say, Do you wanna go to Vox tonight for the show? I know nothing about it and I will just like show up with it. But you trust your community's curation essentially. Yeah, totally. Like if if anybody that I know or like I know their name or something, and they're they're a part of a show. I'm gonna go there, yeah. Um, because I know that they're connecting in performances and art, like yeah, all those kinds of things that I'm gonna like trust and want to be there. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like word of mouth, but also there's like my favorite places that I know for sure I'm going to see. Yeah, something great. So there's like lots of great things, you know. Yeah. Again, we Josh and I were talking about this last week, like. When I open up the Fringe Arts Guide for the Fringe Festival mm-hmm. every year, I, like, have to take, a like, a small meditative moment and be like, you will not be able to see all of these shows. <laughs> and I, like, have to remind myself of that because it is such a such an overwhelming and stimulating month. Mm-hmm. But it's so amazing because there's just, like, just tons of art. And then right after the Fringe Festival ends, the Opera Festival begins. It's like... Oh. One right after another. I mean, it's like Philadelphia truly is the city of festivals. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me, Mish. Thank you so much for having me. Letting me babble. Oh, my God. I was babbling with you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Happy Hour on the Fringe. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, and download the Fringe Arts app. Tickets are on sale now for our 2019 Fringe Festival. Visit www.fringearts.com or call our box office at 215-413-1318 for more information. And if you haven't already grabbed a Fringe Festival guide, you can drop by Fringe Arts or Le Peg to get your copy. 